Can I just ask a really serious question? Yes. And I don't know if this could be a cold open, but I'm genuinely just interested. Okay. How, okay, what is the, okay, so for you to jerk off to a picture. <laughs> Go on. Of a human body. Yes. Is this like a what you is, specifically? No, 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 just any human body. What? So like, uh-huh. if I see, if I see an ass, I can make it work for myself, right? Sure. But like. How zoom? What is the the most it could be zoomed in for you to still? Climax? Oh well, for, for me, so, like, growing up, like in with it's blocky a, it's video a compression, I I think anything <laughs> where you can see pores, anything high definition <laughs> enough that you can like see like individual skin textures, no, no, it's not working <laughs> for me. Like, just here's the thing, like. You can get pretty close to a butthole and still know it's a butthole, mm-hmm. right? Like you can get yeah. like you can get like tactical satellite imagery zooming right in on it, and you can like yeah, you can see inside, but you're like yeah, you know what you're seeing inside. And so you're like, like this seems like a misuse of government resources. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think what you're describing, Riley, is a is a colonoscopy there. <laughs> Congratulations to the new Secretary of Defense, who apparently is going to be using satellites to look in on new beaches. <laughs> just, just health and defense the getting their, po- yeah. their red boxes mixed up in a comical series of errors. Oh my god. There has never been a cabinet that is more likely to do like 1960s farce shit yeah, than this one, absolutely. and I'm so excited. Well, I, I for one hope that like defense getting charge of the NHS means that they can just fucking shoot my dick and balls off and just have <laughs> done with it already. <laughs> Hello and welcome again to Trash Future, that podcast you listen to. I'm Riley. You know me from many of the previous episodes. I'm back. I'm, I've got notes. Order is still restored. Uh, Juan Guaido is still out of the country. We are in control here. I am also joined in studio by Olga. I fucked your brother, but you forgave me because you owe me money. <laughs> Eleanor Penny. Hi, I'm Timmy, and I'm still struck down the old well. Yes, Eleanor Penny is still struck down the old well, and fearful we all are of her. It is the news story that's consuming all of our attentions while Earth burns. And also, by phone line, we have Hussein Kesvani from the wilds of the south of England. No, I'm in the Caribbean, um, and I, I'm, I'm on, um, I, on an I, island I, with a I'm, special I'm, temple. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm here with Ja Rule. We're doing something special. Wait for it. Wait for it. 2020. Not great. only... Not only was I scammed out of a bunch of money coming to this island, but I also got diddled, damn it. Hussein, exactly three days ago, in the middle of the night, texted me the words, watch this space. <laughs> and and from the wild south of Scotland. Yeah, beyond or the wall. Under, uh, or as it will be known in the Boris Johnson Premiership, Northern England. Uh, it is Alice. Yeah, North Britain. Uh, happy to yeah. be here in hell. Oh. Folks, aren't we happy to be here in hell? Mm. Uh, Milo Edwards is on vacation in France at the moment. Being an Instagram thought. Yeah, being an Instagram thought, just being weirdly muscular. Mm. He has a tiny head, but such huge muscles. What the fuck? (laughs) Comedy is stored in the biceps. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe Milo is... Milo's doing a new thing where he's trying to minimize his brain to body ratio to make himself dumber so he has fewer inhibitions I so he starts more businesses. I think that's what a nootropic actually does. Like, that's what Brain Force Plus should do. Is it just increases just your shoulders your and shrinks your head, yeah. Just turns you into an orc. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm selling my idea for a drinkable lobotomy. 
<laughs> Why, that's just the kombucha that comes in the green can. It's just a real ideal ratio called the earthworm gym. That's the sweet spot. <laughs> okay, right. Folks, everything is serious. We only have so many podcasts we can do before society collapses, so we have to make each one of them count. Yeah, we don't number these, but we're going to have to start numbering them backwards until, like, doomsday. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we laugh because we're worried. Mm. Um, so I'm going to start out having a little bit of fun because, look, before we get into it, obviously there are two Quillette articles that people have been telling <laughs> us to talk about because they love race science. Um, the people so, or Quillette? Quillette. Ah. Yeah. The be- Quillette. The be- to be fair, the best I, I, our, our listeners do also love race science. They do love race science, but it has a punchline. Mm. Wink. Um, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, Quillette. It's the best the white race can get. Um, and so we're going to talk about the Boris Johnson Quillette article today. And then the um, Amazon Quillette article, that's going to be on the bonus on Thursday with uh, Julia Jacks. So... Watch this face, as Hussein said before he went off to his mysterious Caribbean island. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start having a little fun here. Um, the startup is Brightloom. Brightloom. As loom as in, like, you weave, you weave on yes. it? Yes. Or loom as in, like, from the shadows, <laughs> looming over a small child. Both good I don't guesses. Know why that's mm, yeah. the first thing that came Jeff- to mind. Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> stopped being a hedge fund guy and pivoted to attack. I'm sorry, are we. Okay, so <laughs> it's like thing a, on? in Sleeping Beauty, she had a loom, right? Yeah. So it's a bright loom, so it's like a glow in the dark loom, so you could mm. loom all is night. It, is it, no, is it like a metaphorical <laughs> and loom? All day. Like, the, no, the loom the of our days is like something you used to learn to code? Somehow you're all I'll tell you why you're all wrong. It's because this is the most vague ad copy for any startup I've ever used on this program. I have blanked out a single word. Wow. Across like 10 different bits of ad copy. I blanked out one word (laughs) and you still will have no idea what this thing does. Okay, my body is ready. So here's the first. It's time to level the playing field. We are building an end-to-end platform that will allow any blank, big or small, to weave together its own version of a world-class digital ecosystem. Child. Child. <laughs> any music festival set, uh, like hosted on a Caribbean island. <laughs> Can you Give read that, that again? to us again, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like slower. It's time to level the playing field. We are building an end-to-end platform that will allow any blank, big or small, to weave together its own version of a world-class digital ecosystem. Our integrated solutions streamline operations, enhance relationships, and deliver amazing experiences. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's Pete Buttigieg's new startup. <laughs> it's the Pete Buttigieg campaign. Jesus, picture of a foot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the, it's the entire nation sending pictures of their feet all at once to the Crown Prosecution Service. <laughs> I do like that we cut off the foot chass at the beginning because that was before we started recording. So this is oh, just coming sure. out of nowhere, oh, zero man. to foot. Dear listeners, like a picture of a foot. <laughs> Dear listeners, post feet will mm. tell you where. <laughs> post okay, feet. So. If, if, if you, you bought a t-shirt, post feet to the mailing address that was on the envelope. <laughs> you could post your feet. Back. Please do not post your feet. I do not want to see your feet. <laughs> so they're evening a playing field. What uh-huh. what playing field are we talking? What are some playing fields that desperately need evening? Uh, Eaton's. I don't know. Um. um the Pokemon trading card game. 
Yes. What's a digital ecosystem? Give me an example know. of a digital ecosystem. Uh, World of Warcraft. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, okay, now we're talking. Here, I've got a bunch of these, so I'll go through another one. Technology that actually makes operations easier also makes for happier, more efficient employees. I feel like it's so meaningless. It's actively sucking the thoughts out of my brain. Yes, that is. Trash is it like HR brands. software? It's some- <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's just going to be for something like so fucking mundane. It's going to be like... It's yeah. like some sort of like coffee machine or something. Like I, I, I think we. Well, this the genre of this. Did you, did you, did you say? Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. Did you a... did you say it was a coffee machine? No, I'm just saying that's not far off. Oh, fuck. It's not if, if, if this not is like worse than the email deal. client, somehow. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brightloom Brightloom doesn't replace your brand; it elevates it, allowing you to form a stronger relationship with your customers. Okay, doesn't replace. It doesn't replace your brand. It elevates it. Yes. I'm so convinced that if I just say it enough times to myself, like something will click. Is it like a like a mailing list software? No. Hussein was closed with coffee machine. <laughs> what? 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 A, a okay. big billboard or something? Water? Water at the office? But what does toilet that, paper at the office? What does the coffee machine have to do with like connecting with clients? This is so upsetting. Why does the coffee machine need an online this. ecosystem? Oh, it totally would though. Like that's the bread and butter here. Is like is it like is consumer it like those... goods that connect to the Internet of Things to like okay. buy? You I'll give things. you. I'll give you another another hint you, that's meaningful. You it's... know when like nineteen year old like boy geniuses like drone. Bit like drone pizza deliveries to each other or some shit. Is it like you can send coffee to like someone on the other side of the room for like no apparent <laughs> oh, reason? Okay, instead of paying your employees, you give them coffee. <laughs> you pay them in coffee, and that's the play. But the, the playing field is even because yeah. no one gets paid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll give you. Go- I'll give you all an actual meaningful hint that isn't from their odd ad copy. This is a business to business startup. That's not helpful. Like that, it still could be anything and is nothing. Okay, like, is it a service or a good? Um, it's a. It is sort of both. It's I a knew digital. I going to say both. God. Fucking hell! Oh my fucking god! <laughs> because everything's a service now anyway, so that's still not like this is just a void. You've given us the void. Yes, this is this Fling is the your enemies is, into the stratosphere. D- yeah, yes. the, the startup um, this week is despair. Like the concept. <laughs> Is it is it like I don't know? Uh, is it like Starbucks funded dick sucking machines? It's also Starbucks funded. Oh shit! Insane. <laughs> They're so good at this. Um, is it something incredibly like uh, incredibly illegal that they have to dress up? Is it like we'll like, help you, you bury the bodies? You go to Starbucks and it just prints child pornography for you. <laughs> <laughs> A fully integrated technology ecosystem unlocks powerful data that can transform customer experiences. Yeah, so I was the right. Loom it's the Epstein machine. And you go into the Starbucks Loom- and it... Yeah. The Brightloom platform provides a complete solution that drives adoption, reduces labor costs, increases throughput, and personalizes the customer experience. The drives adoption thing is sitting very uncomfortably yeah. with me in light yeah. of the... What are they trying to adopt? <laughs> what are we adopting, folks? No, so I'll, I'll say that again. Drives mobile adoption, reduces labor costs, increases throughput, and personalizes the customer experience. Okay, an offensive Italian accent. <laughs> <laughs> That does help elevate your brand, though. Like, exactly. just having a big sign up saying, This business owned and operated by Italians. <laughs> it just, it's just a big neon sign that says Giovanni's. 
converting every Starbucks to a greasy Brooklyn fatso place. Every Starbucks employs no actual baristas. They're all automated. How, how would she so does employ one Mullen Brooklyn fatso? consultants? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, so um, this is... Th- th- what's dystopian about it is how meaningless it all is. It's just a bunch of, like, you know, technobabble ipsum. Um, but here's what's delightful about it for me. This is from a press uh, article about Brightloom. An automated quinoa store called Itza no. has Shut rebranded up. as Brightloom and Fuck has off. permanently closed Fuck its two off. San Francisco Shut- restaurants no. <laughs> as part of its transition to becoming a technology company that offers end-to-end digital solutions to the restaurant industry. <laughs> A representative for the company tells Eater San Francisco, Brightloom is currently negotiating lease termination with the landlord at its former retail space. Isn't this- so? This is this is a tax loophole, right? That it's just turning one company into another company that isn't going to uh, do anything. Well, uh, what it actually does, it's an, a completely automated restaurant that employs precisely no people. Didn't the, didn't the Soviet machine. Union yes. invent They've this invented in the fifties? Wait, machine. but they still serve quinoa. <laughs> yes. Isn't quinoa like also did like starving a bunch of people in South America and like destroying almost, all of their oh, crops? Almost certainly. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. we've destroyed their economy. Wait, yeah. so so the idea is that they they've created <laughs> this concept for a uh, an employee-less restaurant, and they're selling the concept. Uh, they are selling what it is. Is I'll explain. Um, uh, so they're, it's not that it's employee-less. It's they still have chefs. It's just the customers never see a human. You just go in and you oh. get an automatic bowl of quinoa. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, Whether we, or we not love you that. want it. Yeah. Yeah, you must have quinoa. And they've patented this it concept. Shovels, it just funnels the quinoa into your mouth like a goose being and. fattened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do they know my king? the begging eyes of other customers. I've been here for four years. <laughs> I've had enough quinoa. So... This is this is basically the transformation of <laughs> two restaurants into a multi-million dollar tech startup that allows you to operate restaurants with zero human interaction. They got VC so, for this, right? Like, uh, So Itza was founded in 2015 and at the time operated this chain of restaurants where customers didn't have to interact with employees. It functioned like a vending machine or high-tech automat with customers ordering via a kiosk and meals just appearing in cubbies and you would never see anyone who worked there. Ever. I made a joke oh. about this on Twitter about drunk Brits and fully automated luxury communism having one thing in common and it's thinking Pecora come out of a fucking replicator. And now they've just, <laughs> unbeknownst to me, they had actually done it the whole time. So what Starbucks has done is Starbucks has, has invested tens of millions of dollars in these quinoa restaurants to turn them into a tech company that now is completely automating Starbucks locations. Oh, good. I love to abstract like the relations of production to the point where you can just be a small bean who must have anxiety and never have to talk to a human or think about where your shit comes from. And then you 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 and another bunch of small beans get ground up and made into coffee. <laughs> this is just the, this is the perfect metaphor though because the replicator is literally a chef in a windowless room. Like yeah. that's the perfect metaphor for the whole thing. Yeah, but how will I grope my coworkers? <laughs> I think well, maybe wait, like Olga, you and I were talking earlier about about good reasons for terrible things. Yeah. Maybe this is good because it means that men will stop chatting up baristas. <laughs> mm. I don't think that'll stop them. <laughs> they will climb into it's... the cubby yeah. hole. Uh, the only thing funnier <laughs> to me than the Trump guy thing of make of saying your name is like, I don't know, like MAGA Trump to make the barista say it is saying that to a machine. And that's going to happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> that's 
that's essentially what we're dealing with here. It Can is- I just remind you that a couple years ago, Starbucks did that whole thing that was called Start the Conversation that encouraged their baristas to talk about race to their customers. Oh, God. You remember that? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was like a whole marketing campaign. So now they're doing, they're really pivoting from like, <laughs> let's get to the nitty gritty of Black Lives Matter to let's just not talk at all. <laughs> it doesn't have to be either of those things. That is the most liberal <laughs> thing, though, is to be like, it's really important for us to have that conversation I say as I put on my noise-canceling earphones so I never have to risk it. I, lo- I, I love, like, like, looking at a computer and just being like, you know, it's very problematic that your lithium-ion batteries are fueling <laughs> neocolonialism in Africa. It, it, the, the, the computer barista will, be like, be able to tell you about why coal sand mining is bad, but it's still gonna do it. Like... <laughs> oh, man. And also, don't forget... Um, Starbucks is also going to start tracking everything you do inside of Starbucks, it seems, so that start. it can know what to I'm offer you. I'm taking a shit, I'll just tell you. I'm <laughs> taking a shit. Yeah, but it's, it's going to measure, like, the quantity and quality of your shits, and, like, recommend <laughs> diet advice to you. It's going to, like, target uh, products to you based on, like, shit analysis. It's gonna, well, that they're technology gonna have already McKee exists. Have you about sitting down there with a microscope. <laughs> Oh my 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 my! We we love Brightloom, folks. Mm. Um, but what what I like think about this, right? Like it's just another example of how all of that disruption that we laud as being so great is really just another way of reducing labor share of income. Because as jobs are automated, the essential human element of the job gets dumber and simpler. You go from and more invisible a burger to pushing a button. Yeah, like, and more like all of those uh, meal delivery robots in Berkeley that are just driven by guys in Belarus. <laughs> or like the fact that you can't see you can't see the Starbucks person means that like sorry I just had a really dumb moment being asking myself how do they get to Berkeley? Yeah, they just they just drop them in by air like Fortnite. <laughs> you have to find a robot and drive it around, kill the other robots. Yeah. Oh man. It's like it's it is the version of Ender's game we deserve. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Awesome In many Scott ways, Cubs. Ender's Game was the Ender's Game. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so, but, like, the as labor gets more invisible, like, it, how many steps away from it are we just saying, like, yeah, for an extra $5, you can hit the shock button and shock an employee you can't see? Uh. I mean, this is precisely the, the bullshit underlying the whole, like, emotional labor that people are forced to pour into their jobs a lot of the time, especially if you work in the service industry. It's like it's like a very kind of thin pattern of like humanizing the company ethos and we're about people power and like empowering you to have a the best day possible. It's like, no, this is this is the step before you are ground down for dog meat and replaced by a robot. Oh, I, ha- <laughs> I have a semi-serious take about this, which is that that's oh, so transparently absurd to people that it made it into vines. Like, things like, hi, welcome to Chili's, or whatever, come from, like, a a class unconscious realization of how fucking weird it is that the server has to pretend to be your friend. I have no idea if I even believe that or not, but I did just say it with my mouth, so. (laughs) I mean, I I think it's I, it's something I'm always, you know, very uncomfortable with. It's like, come on, it's I don't know. It's probably miserable being on your feet all the time. You, 
please don't pretend to be happy. <laughs> are we just challenging the concept of hospitality? Yes. Yes, no, we are. We are, we are yeah. a pro-rudeness no, podcast. I'm just la- labeling the conversation. Yeah, like, well, this are, is how if... we treat our listeners, and this is how we want anyone Hello, to treat their employees. It's just to call them hogs and scum yeah. and to humiliate them. <laughs> they love it. Yeah, we are, we are going it, to do the quinoa funnel, like, force-feeding restaurant. That's going to be our new venture. Yeah. We're going to make everyone into human foie gras. Yes. Wait, but don't they have a chain in America called, I think it's called Jake's Last Resort, where people are mean to you on purpose and you go and like- Yes, but it was ripping off a place in Chinatown in London where they were just like that authentically. Oh, wow. But there was also a place in Toronto called oh, yeah, Jack Astor's. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and it was very similar. The, the wait staff are supposed to be mean to you. Yeah. Is, I don't know if that's if that's a kind of emotional labor because I like to use that for myself and put it in my post. <laughs> um, yeah, I like to put that energy right back into myself at like two a.m. Mm, yes, self-flagellating yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, oh, we love it. But anyway, so the other thing about this to think of is like tools like this. Not only do they make the labor process completely invisible and devalued to most people, sort of allowing people to think of themselves just as consumers. Uh, but also it allows bosses options to like track different elements of like order fulfillment so they can know exactly how many button, how many times you're pushing the button that grinds the coffee or whatever, contributing to the Amazonification of like the vast majority of jobs where work takes place in a state of total surveillance. The only thing that, do- that surprises me about this is knowing how horny all tech guys are, that they didn't make some kind of barista-like gynoid. You- <laughs> Like it's not sexy is the thing. That's the only thing that surprises me. Yeah, that's the la- that's the last thing we they don't have to know add that back for a fact. <laughs> that's true. We don't. <laughs> May- maybe you'll be very very attracted to the funnel of quinoa. I don't know. But... Yeah. Well, that's true. Maybe there will maybe they will replace the emotional labor element by getting like making a gynoid that looks like Flo from Progressive Auto Insurance who asks <laughs> you about your day. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and will say MAGA Trump when you say that's your name. <laughs> So that's uh, that's Brightloom. I still do don't think? fucking know what it is. Yeah, that's oh, okay. that's my main concern. <laughs> yeah, so I, it, I went I went away and then Googled it and read stuff, and I still don't understand what it is. <laughs> it's ba- think of it as a series of software that together will automate all of the ordering, pickup, and fulfillment of a restaurant. And it's so it's you go in with an app on your phone. You're like, I want a coffee. You hit the button, and then it facilitates that order going through, getting made, and getting delivered to you. Okay, I, feel, actually... I, I don't care about any of that, so I'm just going to assume it's still a loom, and you just weave <laughs> things on it. So it's basically it's basically just follows the ethos of the, the Juicero, because you can do exactly the same thing by going to the barista and being like, I want this kind of coffee. Except in this case, the barista has been fired, and there is no right. barista. And I feel like it's the Barnes & Noble where you don't pay for anything, or like the <laughs> Amazon grocery stores. I feel like it's one of those apps where, like, we'll we'll find out in like five years' time, but it's been sold to like Peter Thiel to like build his like fucking military mechas. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's just it's scientifically calibrated to find out how young your blood is, <laughs> and like if if you're particularly young, it just drops a trapdoor underneath you. Okay. Well, speaking of dropping a trapdoor, uh, oh, I'm going nice. to drop a trapdoor for us to the next portion of this episode. Wonderful. Yeah, that was that was How do we well like done. my segues? Yeah. It's like Portal. It's, yes, it's exactly, it's exactly uh, like to Portal. To all of our 20-year-old listeners, I did just reference a video game. The Text. cake is a lie, nerd hey, boys. Hey, 
Hey, Alec, what do you think about that? <laughs> I tagged him in a tweet the other day, and he didn't acknowledge it. I feel like he doesn't like me anymore. Well, you're, okay. you're, you're just cyberbullying him by this point. <laughs> since I'm the one in the same city, I, I worry that he's going to do the deranged fan oh, thing on me. he's in London now. Oh, thank he's God. He's literally okay. in London, and he hasn't asked me to hang out once. I'm oh, so upset. Alec, get your because shit together. Because he was terrifying. Yeah. Like, I was rootling through his bins, and he didn't have the courtesy <laughs> to ask me in for a okay, cup well, of tea. Okay, well, now he's, now he's not within the stabbing right distance now? of me. Are you I'm entirely on board with bullying Alec. Alec, get your <laughs> shit together. Alec, get in touch with Olga. Hang out with her. She wants to hang. I it's this or 12 Rules hang. for Life, and I still think that this is marginally better. <laughs> A ringing endorsement. Yeah. Um, so- Am I turning boys into incels with my powerful <laughs> sexual energy? Yeah, because usually it's the opposite. <laughs> Alec, Alec, write in. Tell us if Olga has turned you into an incel. Blink twice. <laughs> Oh my! He re- I bet he regrets ever listening to this show. Yeah, just I mean, I like that we're getting more and more targeted until the point where we're just bullying individual <laughs> listeners one by one. <laughs> you will just get a personalized fresh future. Okay, yes. new, new new Patreon tier. Um, where we where, where we can where we'll bully we will you. bully you. Yes. Right. We'll sexually humiliate. Well, it's it's this is definitely a kink <laughs> thing, right? Like this is definitely sex work on all of our parts. Speaking. Speaking of, speaking of a kink thing. Oh no. I have in front of me. Oh, please, not. Excerpts of Cometh the the Hour, Cometh the Man, Cometh Toby Young. Oh no. The extremely horny and strange, um, and a bit fash, uh, Quillette article. Those things always go together when there's fash. Like, they're never, like, sexually normal. Like, he, just, he just accidentally shows up with a pair of calipers. glass houses, my friend. Well, uh, ouch, but yeah, <laughs> true. If we keep kink-shaming Toby Young, I'm going to leave. <laughs> Fine, let, let, let me Young clarify. Just... The way in which they're sexually abnormal or whatever is a way that reflects their politics, which is to say, licking boot and not in the good way. <laughs> so, to- I saw, Toby I, Young I, I, has... Before we continue, I just wanted to say yeah, I still like ahead. the idea that like, Toby Young was uh, one of the names on Jeffrey Epstein's phone. And that um, it was probably accidental, and Jeffrey Epstein was actually looking for young Toby, and that's the story. About, <laughs> that's the story about how Jeffrey Epstein ended up at Toby Young's stag do. Uh, t- t- Toby Young doing a piece about how why Epstein doesn't call him in the friendship <laughs> myth. <laughs> he's the la- he's he could literally be look he could literally be the last friend. That has. <laughs> if he only would reach out if people would connect. Is, I'm sorry, I'm going mad here. Is this true? Yes, as yeah. far as we know. Uh, yeah. It was in the leaked bit of uh, Epstein's black book. Like, the butler who leaked it circled the names that he thought were involved in, like, uh, child abuse shit, and Toby Young's name was not circled. So, to be clear, he's he's just he's just in the, the phone book, right? He's How not. How is it somehow impossibly an insult that you're not? Yeah, you're not invited like, you're so to the unpopular. real party. Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein won't invite you to his party. <laughs> That's his next spectator column. Jeffrey Epstein didn't invite me to his to his parties. They looked they looked really fun. There was a really interesting building. I would have loved to measure I would have loved to measure it with my giant calipers. Oh man. It's like the imagine being the kind of person where the only only vindication of your character you've gotten in recent years is being so violently unpopular <laughs> yeah, and the, unpleasant the, the, to be a around. Convicted <laughs> pedophile is like, uh, well, I mean, he, he, Toby's fine. He's nice, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he's all right for a bit and then you know, yeah. he gets a, bit, a, a little of him goes know. a long way. 
<laughs> he just okay. He just keeps talking to the kids about their skull shape. <laughs> okay, so uh, Toby Young has written an article about Britain's new Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Shoot me. Uh, and proud we all are of him. Mm. Entitled "Cometh the Hour, Cometh the Man: A Profile of Boris Johnson." So before we go into the article, also, um, how yeah, does congratulations, he spell cometh? Of course. Does he spell it with an O or with a U? Because that um, will be important later, I think. I, well, I think, you know, we have creative license, mm. but I, I'd also like to, of course, congratulate Boris Johnson on becoming the UK Prime Minister, because you have to respect the office. You must respect the office. Absolutely. I've got some scented candles. I'm ready. <laughs> I love Olga's respecting full- the office. I've already sent him a picture of my feet. <laughs> <laughs> Olga's gone full vibes recently. <laughs> yeah. It's this Marianne thing. It's, it's rubbing off. Like, I don't... Yeah. She's also, just, she's also just got a lot of, like, extra mental space recently, and I've told her to just, like... Do more vibes. Yeah. Figuring out my vibe. We're, we're becoming vibe. an entirely crystal-based podcast. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we're going to replace the microphones with crystals. Yeah. <laughs> they have just, just a big Tibetan salt crystal over the microphone. <laughs> Nobody can hear anything. Everyone's complaining. They think it's terrible. But the vibe's amazing. But before, before we run to the article, uh, yes, we also have to respect um, Boris Johnson's cabinet, which, as far as I can tell, is all about how he's about giving people second chances, because it seems like the vast majority of everyone in Boris Johnson's cabinet either was fired from a high ministerial position or at least strongly rebuked <laughs> for breaking the ministerial code. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a diverse bunch of people who have been fired from being ministers is the thing. And so if you don't like that, you are racist. Yeah, of course. So diverse. I mean, there are people who've been accused of fraud there are people who've been accused <laughs> of you know mismanagement misconduct misconduct in public office i mean like what more do you want it's a total smorgasbord Absolutely. it shows me a that boris, society. boris johnson's only crime is that he's too good of a friend <laughs> <laughs> the real the real hero in this story is still harry cole why are we not mm, yeah, harry cole's yeah. dedication to journalism <laughs> his willingness to undergo every personal humiliation <laughs> under the sun look guys just... i i for one would love to have a friend who looks at me the same way as he looks at the man who stole his wife. <laughs> the problem is, Toby is that ho- Harry Cole, Harry Cole's great is about to get cucked again because Toby Young is just stealing on Boris Johnson yeah. now. Uh, well, I, I found the most fascinating account today in the replies under a Harry Cole tweet um, oh, yes. called Islamicat. I love every story that starts with that. Yeah, Isl- Islamicat, which is like the two poles of great posting, cat gifts and virulent racism being <laughs> smashed together in the Large Hadron Collider and coming out with like, it's a cat, but the cat persona is also a Muslim, but in an Islamophobic way. So. Yeah. I can this I can read the, you one of the uh-huh, posts. Please go ahead. Say this this is this is the Boris Johnson voter. This cat voted yeah, for th- Boris. This Johnson. is his base, right? So it's it's a gif of um, a cat pushing another cat down a ladder, and it says, "Is haram for uh, see, see it does it the icon has cheeseburger speak still is haram okay, for other men to gaze upon my wives? Islamicat put wife number three in safe place in case the window cleaner sees her." And so it's it's all like that, but it's all like Pam Geller Islamophobia, but done in the Icon has cheeseburger thing, and it's the most cursed account on Twitter. It's a, it's extreme like boomer posting because like yes. I, we spoke about this ages ago. Um, oh yeah, well they they all have personas, and they're like like a, a muskox in. But also in like Devon. lots of lots of like middle aged conservative men like love to pretend to be ducks on on online. 
Yes. Um, and they will talk to you and they'll be racist, but they'll be racist as if you've just met a duck in the park and, and the duck is like somehow quacking the N-word. Um, and that's kind of what... Wait, so is that a way to, 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 to... Is that a loophole in to just be allowed to say the N-word in their eyes? I don't know. Because I mean... when, I, when I was doing a story about this, I was asking them, like, do you think that it's okay for you to use these words because you're pretending you're a duck and ducks aren't bound by the same rules as humans? <laughs> and the answer I got back was... No, it's a valid question. And the answer I got back was, quack, quack. And that's when I. That's well, I mean, I, you were you were owned by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. And that's when I. And that's when I had to give this man this this duck my wife. <laughs> so it's one of the things that's going to really confuse future archaeologists. Right? <laughs> yeah. Unearth real to real recordings of this podcast and be like, oh, apparently. Uh, I just wonder whether it, the, the the cats and the ducks inform. The, uh, the racism, or it's just like, oh, I can only draw cats. I can't really. Oh draw no, these people. are pictures of real cats. Yeah, they're, they're, real, they're real. They're real cats. There's another one here um, that they got suspended for briefly, but it's still up. Of a cat like reacting to a Christmas tree, and it says, "What the fatwa?" Five exclamation marks. That's clever. <laughs> you got to admit that's clever. Nazi Islamophobes, clearly followers of, and this is like the Zanu PF libel thing. It's too dense a pun. Tommy Catty Robinson. Is breaking Islamicat flat and erect Xmas tree. This is hate crime. Someone phone at Sadiq Khan. So wait, are they? Why not Sadiq Cat? Come on, <laughs> <laughs> for fuck's sake! I mean, it's just it's, my time. The, the Boris Johnson's base really does want to. So that, maybe that's it. Boris Johnson's base wants to break into every like Muslim home across Great Britain. But when they do it, they just want to erect a Christmas tree and yes. then leave. Yeah, and then make a really July. dense, impenetrable pun about Tommy Robinson if he was a cat somehow. Yeah. But Sadiq Khan, not if he was a cat. Yeah, this is like, you know this, this is. is. Like goofy you know what this is. These, these are Nazi furries, but they were born like ten or twenty years too early to be furries, and they can't like quite get their head like, around it. So, like thirty years too late to be Nazis. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, man, really born in the wrong decade here. Like <laughs> a twenty-year-old who wears a hat. We're not even getting into the huge wealth of like creative material in the just. Ordinary, like non-persona crafting racists <laughs> oh, they, I, I forgot happen to have they like say a, Muslim. a picture of themselves, a picture of, of a dog as their avatar. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, like our like our podcast, Scurrilous Producer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like someone saying like. Uh, talking about how like Islam is a threat to the West, and it's just like a cute poodle like yeah. in a bow tie, and it's like. I have no way of emotionally processing just, this. Just racist pets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, also, but so back to Boris Johnson a little bit. Back to his cabinet. Oh, this, has... this is actually him. Like this, this Twitter account <laughs> is operated by Boris Johnson. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's I'm glad not, that we... it's not well... libel. It is entirely true. Um, I, I believe this uncritically. <laughs> so, in, so we are, fortunately, our precious boy Matt Hancock is still at health, and he's mm -hmm. still ready to impart as much positivity, encouragement, and, and content um, and content to uh, the country's health system as he can, but no money. Um, we also have Liz Truss in at um, Department for International Trade, yeah, who will be spreading, markets. who will be spreading her total enthusiasm for utter horseshit around the world. <laughs> um, and then we also have Priti Patel, who was stripped of her ministerial post after I think she attended a timeshare presentation in Tel Aviv. And then we have um, Gavin Williamson, government entirely backing BDS. There, <laughs> <laughs> then surprisingly we, we have Gavin woke. 
We have Gavin. Will- we have Gavin Williamson, who, um, and I, I think he's in education. He was sacked as Minister of Defense for leaking a bunch of uh, national secrets because he was too dumb to realize he yeah, shouldn't. But I, lo- I love Gavin Williamson because defense was like his dream job until Prime Minister, uh, and he's just brought his old stuff with him because day one he was like, "Oh, we should have military in the schools." We should have military, <laughs> like entirely military schools, to teach young people how to military. Yeah. Absolutely, that, that's me though. I, I I don't transfer my skills between jobs. I'll just keep doing the same thing as last time. So this is very think, relatable to me. Also, think, he's a snack. Yeah, well, he's yeah. super fucking hot. Although he thinks like, he's Macron though, because like he, do you remember he had there was this story that leaked about him having a pet tarantula or something that he kept in a terrarium on his desk. And you just know that he was sat there in the Ministry of Defense thinking about how fucking clever he was with this little fucking spider being a Bond villain, just total wanker. Clearly, you haven't read any business books. That's the first key to success, is that <laughs> you have to having keep... a tarantula on your desk yeah, to you, inspire you have a taran- fear you, in the civil service. If you have the tarantula, you have the upper hand in any negotiation, because they don't know how many tarantulas you have. It's like dazzle paint, but for negotiations. Uh, and who else? Do- oh, my favorite one, though, is that he cucked Michael Gove by giving him the chancellery of the Duchy of Lancaster, which is meaningless. It's just, he's a minister without portfolio, so he has to go to all the meetings, but he has no power. Mm. Um, and then my favorite of his appointments. So many of these people are like, (laughs) there's been like points in their career where the whole British press and like everyone in the country is like, hmm, seems like you've done a thing that's evil. And then they're like, in my defense, I was simply being stupid. And everyone's like, "Uh -uh, (laughs) have another position of power. (laughs) Well, who's the mind? Utterly baffling. That's why I said the, the, the way to understand the British Tory party is not, is, is only as Instagram people. They're all about failing forward, learning from their mistakes. All my losses as lessons. Their best. Yeah, they are all their losses as lessons, Instagram business people. But then it turns out that they're just selling Herbalife. I wish that they were like more like YouTube teams. and we would just get like tearful videos in like entirely white unadorned rooms about why I'm no longer associating my brand with James Brokenshire. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now that I think we, we've done that, I, I want to really talk about Toby Young's insane article. Um. So this is our, the first of two articles that we'll be reading this week from Quillette. Like I said, second one, the Amazon one, will be in the bonus episode. So, cometh the hour, cometh the man. A profile of Boris Johnson, written, of course, by Toby Young. I first set eyes on Boris Johnson in the autumn of 1983 when we went up to Oxford at the same time, and he was speaking at the Oxford Union. No one has said went up to Oxford in decades except for unbearable people, like except for unbearable Toby Young types mm. and fedora people. When I went up to Glasgow, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because uh, that's this is this is what they would have said like in Brideshead Revisited times. Is say, oh, ah, yeah. yes, well, I went up. And to none Oxford of them even have the dignity down. to be communists anymore. Like, <laughs> if you're gonna do the Brideshead Revisited thing, at least be a deep cover agent for the KGB. Is all I'm saying. Up later. Up later. <laughs> so here's okay, the first. The, this article peaks early, but there's a lot of really wonderful stuff uh, coming after it. So this is the peak. With his huge mop of blonde hair, his tie askew, and his shirt escaping from his trousers. I'm sure that's, oh. I'm sure that's not all that was escaping from trousers. <laughs> he looked like an overgrown schoolboy. Which is just the fucking sexiest thing in the world. At Alec Fullerton. <laughs> no, 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 Nate, beep out his name. We have to stop redirecting people to his Twitter account. <laughs> 
Yet with his imposing physical build, his thick neck, and his broad Germanic forehead, there was also something of Nietzsche's- can't help himself with the phrenology, can he? Not for a second. <laughs> Come on, it's Colette. They have a minimum of just phrenology. Straight they to the ed- skull. They just edit that in if you don't write any. Like you open the doors to the Quillette office yeah. and it's just like 16 identical men in identical suits sort of fondling each other's skulls. Welcome. Yeah, it's a, it's like a massage train, but you're measuring everyone's brow ridge. Yeah, or you know when you like walk into a office and they have to like register you so you like sign up on an iPad and then they'll like measure your skull as well? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, they love it. Sometimes you get dropped into a shark pit. Yeah. Well, if, of course, if you have the brain pan of the common Slav. Yeah. You don't have the like ridges of... Of knowledge and rationality, or the neck back fat rolls of like assertiveness. <laughs> a fucking thick neck. <laughs> He's got a fucking <laughs> thick ass neck. Dog. White he, neck. Fucking Boris. Boris Johnson was barely dressed, giving a speech for the Oxford Union, looking like he was begging to have a coronary, and I was fucking stiffed up. Yeah, it's like it's like he has the physique of like a divorced dad buying flowers for his already disappointed new girlfriend from like a garage yeah, at 3 a.m. And yeah. Toby Young's like, Oof. oh damn. Yeah. Like, maybe, maybe she'd like some charcoal briquettes. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, if we could change the context I, I've, a little I've bit. I've never been that girlfriend, ever. If, uh, just we so change, we're clear about that. that if I've we could never, change the context. If we could change the context of this article just a tiny bit, it would be a, a, a nice love story. But instead, it happens to be about these, like, yeah, right-wing like, ghouls who if, just adore authority if figures. only this was gay. Like I say, it's always the bad kind of licking boot. Yeah. It, like, if, if, this was, if they were just in love, as opposed to in love with authority, this would be much better. Yeah, it needs to either be 30% less or 80% more gay. <laughs> but that's, me, that's my attitude to everything, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to go back to this, because this paragraph rocks. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start again. Yet with his imposing physical build, his thick ass neck, and his broad Germanic forehead, there was also something of Nietzsche's Ubermensch about him. God, it is just it was syphilitic and insane, and like uh, having all of his uh, estate taken over by his sister. You could imagine him in Lederhosen wandering through uh, the Black Forest. Do with I a, have to? With, yes, with yes, you do now. Over his he is, this is the Prime Minister now, and we have to respect the office by picturing him in Lederhosen. <laughs> Honestly, though, just would like to say that that's a really basic comment. Now I regret. No, no, no. Say the thing. Help. Say the thing. Nope. I mean, just the idea of like. I mean, it is kind of cool that. Um, a man is being so openly objectified. <laughs> no, I, I, what I we're not going to do is sexualize Boris Johnson. I'm, like, I'm into that. Like that's 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 more objectification than Theresa May ever got. <laughs> you're, you're making him. You're actually making him do emotional labor by uh, by sexualizing him like this. Also, the I, other I, thing. I just. I mean, this is just how extremely online I I am. But I remember reading that first sentence and having no thought but the but the literal sentence, wow, extremely Aryan. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because I do, like, all appearances in the country, notwithstanding, especially appearances on this podcast, I am quite careful with, like, comparing people to Nazis because there are actual Nazis on the street. And so that's a meaningful comparison. And so I'm not comparing Boris Johnson to a Nazi. Yeah, I'm that's, just that's, saying that's that our job. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> Is Toby Young comparing him to a Nazi? Because he's, 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 just, he's just so fucking hot, like the, like the kid who sings "Tomorrow Belongs to Me" at the end of Cabaret. Just, <laughs> uh. 
that Nietzsche himself spent mo- most of his life in a dark room throwing up. <laughs> and so again, it, it, like, in that capacity, it is similar. Yeah. This is like the Oxford Union. <laughs> yes, exactly. It is a lot like the you do it, it, no the Oxford Union. You do spend a lot of time in a dark room throwing up. <laughs> it's just the dark room oh, is called you, the Glasgow Union. Union is, it's just that the dark room is called the Purple Turtle. <laughs> Glasgow Union GUU is like that, but without the advantage of like any of the class networking uh, Pizzagate stuff. So it's just <laughs> Tory wanks doing all of the same argument things and. And then not doing any of the creepy stuff. It's terrible. So back back to the article. I demand more cult. Yes, more <laughs> cult activity. You could imagine him in Lederhosen wandering through the black forest with an axe over his shoulder, looking for ogres to kill. Oh. And I don't think he would have found any because there aren't any ogres. So he Toby Young is just imagining just a big ogres, thick ass Boris Johnson three wandering around the black forest aimlessly forever, real. trying to kill an imaginary creature. <laughs> The same combination, the state of advanced dishevelment and a sense of coiled strength of an almost <laughs> tangible something. will to power. <laughs> will to power, he says, yeah, will it's, to it's, power. It's just Willet zur Macht. That's not weird. Why are you being weird about it? It just says it's the just part, the. It's just, it's just we're saying he's g- very Germanic and he's sort of an ubermensch. We're talking about it because he has the right skull shape, you know, and that all of that together gives him a will to power. I don't understand what you're talking about. And also, like, this isn't, like, metaphorical flair on the on the part of like a florid writer it's like no no, no like toby young has like attended eugenics conferences and mm, talked yeah, in no, favor he, of eugenics this is like he, he 100% is actually is thinking this. he is a superman like <laughs> in what he understands to be a nietzschean sense we love it so um he began to advance an argument in what sounded like a parody of the highest style in British politics, theatrical, dramatic, self-serious, when, just a few seconds in, he appeared to completely forget what he was about to say. He looked up, startled. Where am I? He asked, and then asked the pack chamber which side he was supposed to be on. <sighs> Toby Young is the original rube for this act. And, like, <laughs> it's, it was, it's always been stupid, now it's finally wearing a little bit thin, but... God, if it doesn't make sense that he was just the original fool for this. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, he yeah, is where still... am I? I don't, I don't know. Buffoon, harmless, really. Well, this develops. Uh, I'd been to enough union debates at this point to know just how mercilessly the crowd could punish those who came before them unprepared. And that was particularly true of freshmen who were expected to have mastered all the arcane procedural rules. Some of them dating back to the union's founding in 1823. Who's a model, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but Boris's chaotic scatterbrain approach had the opposite effect. The motion was deadly serious. This house would reintroduce capital punishment. It's always yet, this house would reintroduce a fuck off. Yet, almost everything that came out of his mouth provoked gales of laughter, like how he pro- like how he appointed that new home secret home secretary who would introduce capital punishment. Yeah, out of the last bit. It's like like the rules of like you know formal debating in these kinds of universities and institutions are all about like training the sons and daughters of the rich to not give a shit about what they're saying. Yeah, right? and like, to be totally like, not an argument. Facts. Yeah, exactly. We had, um, on, we had an episode on this about how debate is fake. And how like, the whole point of this article is that like, Boris Johnson doesn't give a shit about the rules which are supposed to teach you how not to give a shit about things, which is just like, mad endorsement of the huge class deference in this society. <laughs> That like essentially the argument for for him 
holding the highest office is like, wow, he really powerfully doesn't give a shit, does he? <laughs> Let's let him kill poor people. Brilliant. Like, this seems like a sensible way of conducting our affairs. To say I was impressed would be an understatement. Again, because you're an idiot. <laughs> you basically say, wow, I was taken in by someone who got my nose to, to, and he's had be, it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> to, to say that I was fascinated by these jangling keys. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Boris Johnson still has Toby Young's nose, like, to this day. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the compromise that he has on him. Is that, like, he thinks he has his nose in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> he was on the other side of a sofa and it seemed before my very eyes like he was going down an escalator and yet no escalator was there a few this is my other favorite part of this article a few years before arriving at oxford i had watched the television he adaptation didn't say of going Brides- up again this is a cock yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck, fuck you toby learn the language learn the language that no one uses anymore yeah. Oh, wait, like, what, no, when, I, when I was there, if you had said things like going up to Oxford, you would have gotten yourself flicked in the dick. I love Given that you're using, <laughs> like, the, the framework of mocking people for referencing how they went to Oxford <laughs> to reference how you went to Oxford. Yeah. That's just the, just the, the podcast That's sector the of the left. Of Riley. <laughs> aren't, I, aren't I a stinker? <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, a, year, a few years before arriving at Oxford. Oh, by the way, guys, this whole time Riley has been measuring his neck. Mm. Guys, did you <laughs> know Riley bigger. went to Oxford? No, I've, I've been going to the gym I can a lot. Tell by his neck. My, yeah. neck. my neck has got bigger because I've been going to the gym a lot. The fact that he's wearing lederhosen. <laughs> okay, number one, I look fucking great in lederhosen. Wow. Man, post lederhosen. Really touched picks, a nerve, to didn't be it? honest. Um, back no, to I this. mean, the only, the, the only <laughs> thing that touches a nerve is the Canadian wine stuff. Don't you dare. Wait, what? Is Canadian what? wine good? Yes, it's really So good. he thinks. He thinks there's a microclimate on the Niagara Peninsula that there makes Canadian. It's, factual, <laughs> it's factually provable. It's the result of the lake in the Niagara Escarpment, which is the ancient lake shore. The, the, the most Riley thing I can imagine is explaining this to Sven Markvart. Ugh, <laughs> uh, god damn it. Okay. So a few years before arriving at Oxford, the I had watched- The most Riley thing I can imagine is just him alone in a restaurant with no people and no servers sipping on a glass of like Niagara wine, <laughs> muttering to himself about, my- about how good <laughs> microclimates. It is. Yeah. Why do I do this show? Um, to, say, <laughs> to get okay. owned mercilessly by us. A few, a few years before arriving at Oxford, I had watched a television adaptation of Brideshead Revisited, Evelyn Waugh's Oxford novel. I love when he reuses words in the same sentence. And had be- been expecting to meet the modern-day equivalents of Sebastian Flight and Anthony Blanche, and larger-than-life devil-may-care aristocrats delivering bon mots between sips of champagne and spoonfuls of caviar. I mean, the problem They're is that so horny for each yeah, other. those those people do exist. They just all now become trans and drop out before ever going to Cambridge or Oxford. <laughs> uh, and then get, and then come on podcasts. Um, so yeah. it's, it's great. We love doing that. <laughs> but the reality was very different. Warm beer, stale sandwiches, and secondhand opinions. Lots of spotty students, all as gauche as me. But in Boris, though, it was as if I'd finally encountered the real Oxford, the platonic ideal. While the rest of us were works in progress, vainly trying on different personae, Boris was the finished article. He Plato, was instantly also rec- a guy with a very thick neck. <laughs> he was an instantly recognizable <laughs> no, character. Plato was ripped. <laughs> yeah, no, Plato means broad shoulder, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Did, that, that's strong. your classics content with Milo out yeah. for the moment. We do know that this whole entire article is basically just like a verbal version of a Ben Garrison cartoon. Yeah, where he draws Trump <laughs> with the muscles. 
Yeah, it's it's and it's it's like simultaneously both horny and not horny enough. <laughs> and like and like guns are written on his arms. Yeah, um, oh, just in case he, he is carrying he a know. giant axe that just says like um, patriotism. Well, that, 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 that was Gladstone's thing, so I'm glad he's trying to rehabilitate axes from the uh, radical liberals. Uh, so. Um, Boris was the finished article. He was an instantly recognizable character from the comic tradition in English letters, a pantomime toff. Uh, yet at the same time, fizzing with vim and vinegar, bursting with spunk. No, no, oh, God. No, Just no, more no. gay. I demand more gay. <laughs> yeah, please year. make it gayer because it's a, at a weird middle ground. <laughs> it's the uncanny valley of gayness. It, it is. It, that's exactly what it is. It's like um, boring heterosexuality or whatever, a little bit gay, a little bit interesting, kind of gay, kind of interesting, this amount of gay, horrifying, and then actually gay, wonderful. <laughs> no, but I th- it's, the, it's the this amount of gay, like, I can get, I can get down with the uncanny gal- valley of gayness. Wow, that's hard to say. <laughs> it's, the, it's the uncanny, uncanny valley for lesbianism. The uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lesbian Sign bar. me up, sailor. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's the fact that like this is like um, like intense homoeroticism in service of intense homophobia. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, it's, it's sublimated hand in hand into yeah, exactly. the worst shit you can imagine. Well, again, I think the thing the thing to remember is that Toby Young's not doesn't seem to be in love with Boris Johnson so much as he is in love with power, and Boris Johnson just no, personifies it's not love. power. This is very much lust. lust. Yeah, he's in lust. He's <laughs> this a, is horny. He has a yeah. lust. He's horny for like. He's horny for deportations and austerity yeah. because it's, he wants to piss off people of, that make fun yeah, of him on Twitter. We're kind of shifting into like a Hans Fallada novel, basically, is what it is. He, uh, he wants the, the like the fascist patriarch to like tread on his incredibly thin, undeserving yeah, neck. Because, That's because, the kind of vibe. Fascism, I am fully fascism wide is right always, <laughs> <laughs> Fascism is always this kind of uh, hyper-masculine, uh, masculinist thing twinned with like romantic sentimentality. It's always yeah. been that way. So th- yeah. no surprise, but also still very funny to say that he's full of spunk. <laughs> he was a cross between Hugh Grant and a silverback gorilla. Oh boy! Again, it's like other people can read this. <laughs> yeah. How are you not embarrassed? Maybe How so- does this not start with Dear Diary? <laughs> <laughs> Dear House, I never thought this would happen to me. <laughs> Boris, now, Boris Johnson is certainly engaged in some pretty egregious behavior during his climb up Britain's greasy ball. <laughs> Mm, yeah. A litany of sins. It's an uncanny valley. It's not a greasy ball. <laughs> a litany of sins. A litany of sins that would be enough to end the careers of less gifted politicians. He was sacked from his first job as a news trainee in the Times of London in '88 when he was caught making up a quote. He went on to become the Brussels correspondent of the Telegraph, where many of his stories about the EU's harebrained bureaucratic directives, new regulations governing the curvature of bananas, for ex- instance, fell under the heading "too good to fact check." So much like Trump, I'm glad that we have progressed out of the woods of pretending this stuff was true into now these people actually saying what they have always believed and being like, of course it was made up. Grow up. Like It's a fun story. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, it's, 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 they, they're taking the attitude towards real things that have a real impact on people's lives to someone like to someone at a like a nerd convention going to like the star like yeah. to star trek and be like uh excuse me but there was a a fourth red shirt in the scene behind you how did he get back onto the ship or whatever yeah it's, it's a stupid question <laughs> and i won't answer it it's like yeah. I, on, on one level i prefer this it's more honest now to be like yeah, yeah every, now it's undeniable of course we've been lying this whole time it's kind of your fault for believing us <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So, you know, you can eat if you're any, any attempt to fact check these people on what they say is the same as, you know, asking a detailed question at a nerd convention. Don't bother. It's yeah, just, just embarrassing. In their faces. They don't. The the currency at hand is not truth and fact. It's like loyalty and disloyalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so by and so by like fact checking them inappropriate scare quotes, like you're just providing yet another test of loyalty that people can rally behind. Everyone's by, like, in the mob. shit at you for it. You kick yeah, yeah. up to Boris only. <laughs> um, when when Boris stood as the conservative hey, the candidate disrespect. in the London. When Boris stood as the conservative candidate in the London mayor election in 2008, his Labour opponent and his campaign team dredged up everything quote-unquote offensive he had ever said or written, which was an embarrassment of riches. No need to employ any opposition researchers. It was just in newspaper columns and magazine articles for anyone to find. I like that Ken Livingston then got the brain disease where he said all of those things himself. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um. But Boris has always been immune to this line of attack. To take the most notorious example, in a Telegraph column in 2002 about the visit of Tony Blair to the Congo, he wrote, No doubt the AKs will fall silent and the Pangas will stop their hacking of human flesh and the tribal warriors will all break out in watermelon smiles to see the big white chief touch down in his big white British taxpayer-funded bird. To which country? Congo. Um, weren't Pangas in Rwanda, which admittedly borders, but like, how is, how, I know, I know I am being the nerd. You're, you're checking the, yes, you know what, I that, am that awarding him Pinocchios on this. <laughs> yeah. but like, I, 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 I'm, I do have a point here, which is, I, yeah. I said as much on Twitter that I, we all heard those quotes, um, that and, um, instant carbohydrate gratification of the plantain. And they're both extremely racist, but I also felt like they were both in character, Boris. Um, whereas the leaked one where he was being briefed as foreign secretary about Leo Varadkar and said, why isn't he called Murphy like all the rest of them, was offstage Boris and is actually, I think, a personally meaner kind of racist because it's not bluffing into like being some kind of a comic buffoon. Yeah. But, I mean... Uh- I could, I would say like that the what he said in the Telegraph probably still has more harmful consequences. Oh sure, yeah, it's it, it's just also more performative rather than revealing of any kind of personal feelings. Not that that matters. But does, but does that distinction matter? Yeah. Well, I, th- yeah, I think the we, distinction. Yeah, why are we matters. at a point where we're deciding which racism of our prime <sighs> minister is better? It's but that's not my point. It's that. In order to understand the kind of charlatan that he is, mm. it's worth understanding when he is putting the act on and when he is being the person that he is in private, which I would suggest is considerably more evil now that he has like a finger on the nuclear button or whatever else. And almost like the stuff that he says in public is is playing into this idea of a buffoon that's like yes. really helpful to him at the end of the day. No, I, I completely agree, because I think that that's the debate that's been raging over the past few days, right? It's like whether or, whether or not it's useful to call like Boris a, like an a authentically racist ideologue in the way that he approaches politics, or whether he's just kind of using, like, whether he just knows that... Um, whether he's an opportunist, like yeah, you know, that he's an opportunist, and whether he whether he knows that like saying blatantly egregiously racist things will play to a gallery, um, and like allow him to tack to the hard right in the way that he tacked to the kind of like soft liberal centre of the party in order to get elected London mayor. And the point is that like it can be 
both. Yeah, like both. he will he yeah. will happily he will happily sort of he will happily eject certain parts of the kind of of his like personal racism in order to for instance get elected mayor of London but um you know it doesn't because it doesn't trouble him because like his worldview isn't challenged mm, by kind no. of yeah. talking up to talking up to the to the gallery of the more liberal press in the in the way that he has absolutely no problem talking up yeah, to the it's it's it's, swi- it's like switching from press. from pandering to the evening standard to pandering to the cat that pretends to be muslim yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how Toby Young interprets it. Even by the less racially sensitive standards of the time, this was inflammatory. But Boris claimed to be, quote, satirizing neocolonialism rather than expressing neocolonial sentiments himself uh-huh. and got away with it. Mm-hmm. His references to watermelon smiles and pickaninnies didn't stop him from winning in a city that is 55% non-white. Yeah, it's almost as if there were some kind of, like, structural things that made that easier to, like, win. And it's also, and it's almost as if like minorities don't have like ethnic minorities aren't like less likely to vote. Yeah, or like so... there was some kind of systematic attempt to like stop ethnic minorities from voting. No, no, that sounds ridiculous. I'm pretty sure they just appreciated what was clearly a satire of neocolonialism. Yeah, and and because yeah, Boris was likely. jokes, right? He was banter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is, and I think, but I think this is this is something that I see constantly all the time whenever we talk about this kind of thing which is that the Toby Youngs and the Brendan O'Neills or whatever, not that we read Brendan O'Neill anymore, we just prefer to write our own, um, <laughs> is that they see this not in... They, like, whether what they authentically see this whole thing as is not, frankly, not important to me. I don't know and I don't care. But how they portray it is that everyone on the left is prudish. They're a little bit too scared of the icky things, I'm going to say, as mm. opposed to actually concerned with you know, substantively concerned with justice. You, you so know on. what it is? It's politics unleashed. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this is in fact what he then says. It is this Saturnalian streak in the British character that Boris uh, appeals to and helps explain his popularity with ordinary voters, like the guy who has the Islamophobic cat. Saturnalian. George Orwell, George Orwell expands on his theme, Uh-oh. contrasting the this unlettered masses with... This is why we need drops. With, we need a siren. Contrasting... Contrasting the unlettered masses with the sanctimonious, quote, Europeanized intelligentsia in The Lion and the Unicorn. Wow, sounds like fucking Orwell fucking sucks, actually. (laughs) (laughs) This is why, like, throughout, like, whenever I'm editing a piece or, like, going through a submissions inbox or anything like that, whenever I see an Orwell quote, especially an Orwell quote at the top of the piece, (laughs) I just set myself on fire right there and then (laughs) and give up immediately. Submit submit to Novara with all your favorite Orwell quotes. (laughs) So here's the quote. My my favorite Orwell quote is just a list of names he gave to MI5 of suspected communists. (laughs) (laughs) Pithy, yeah. Straight to the point. Oh. Um, my, my, my favorite Orwell, Orwell quote is, hey, baby, those legs go all the way up. <laughs> so just, here's the, just confusing him with pop punk band, the Orwells. So here is, here's They're the canceled. Did you know that? Oh, uh, really? What, yeah. For being too okay, rational? So, no, the Orwells, so the Orwells, I took one of them home, but like not to have sex was just to see whether oh, I could. We talked about this on Balthazar. Yeah, 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 the, 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 the drummer, right? I think it was the drummer. I'm not sure. Oh my How God. did you know? <laughs> Anyways, but the point is, and then Rajiv texted me uh, a picture of their what uh, a Wikipedia page. They're fucking canceled. What for being too rational? Too rational. Yeah. Maybe someone saw you taking them home. And like <laughs> <laughs> they must be underage. Yeah. 
Dive well, to the horrible, Wikipedia page. Yeah, if, no, if, you, if you want an image of the future, just imagine Olga sitting on a human face forever. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the George Orwell quote that he's going to spell with his tongue onto your clit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why did you even say that's not something you should do? Do what? The, the um, uh, fuck. Just never mind. Riley, I'm gonna, Riley, I'm gonna Riley, go with you... the quote. I've been trying yeah, to get the okay, quote. Fine. Let's not get bogged down in technique here. Yeah. yeah. Look, we're post truth, guys. <laughs> yeah. One thing one notices if I've heard that excuse before. One thing one notices. <laughs> one thing one notices if one looks directly at the common people, especially in the big towns, is yeah, that the they are not puritanical. Are a lot like the sun. They, they, are they are inveterate gamblers, drink as much beer as their wages will permit, are devoted to body jokes, and probably use the foulest language in the world. <sighs> Once again, Orwell is, like everything else on this cursed episode, not gay enough, because he has this weird fetishization of like the parochial English worker. That, and it just is, again, not quite gay enough and slightly uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> so, But the other thing, right, is that this... This kind of dedication to like parochial, like parochial, um, it's 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 workerism is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like ah, oh, well, the workers like to say the n word, so you're a liberal elite if you tr if you don't yourself, you know, painted on the back of your Bugatti, <laughs> like, you know, like I do, a working class landlord. <laughs> um, this just serves to embed him in the public imagination as and as a stock British character who many people still feel an instinctive affection for, the lovable rogue, the man with holiday in his eye. Britain's what? veteran, yeah. What with the, with the holiday in his eye? That's a, Is that a normal thing? expression. I think I think Toby <laughs> Young invented this expression because I think Boris Johnson's his muse. This is you know, <laughs> Boris Johnson is. Um, you, you get the sense that there was a word in there before holiday, and he just kind of <laughs> had to cut it out, replace it with anything. Secret um, Caribbean island. <laughs> <laughs> Britain's veteran political commentators are, for the most part, pessimistic about Boris's premiership, his lack of a majority, the Byzantine complexity of Brexit, trying to win over the soggy centre while being flanked by Farage. soggy centre is also something yes. you do when you go up to Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> All of this adds up to a grim reality check that could see him as the shortest-lived prime minister in the UK's history. But when I hear these prognostications of doom, go fuck yourself. I cannot help thinking of another Prime Minister who entered Downing Street in a moment of national crisis with the odds stacked against him. Aye, aye. No, 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 no! I, 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 I can see it going. When, when Winston Churchill succeeded Chamberlain oh in 1940, most members of the establishment uh, thought he'd embarked on a foolhardy course. Oh, what hope I just came. I did. I did. What, what hope did Britain have holding out against the might of the Nazi war machine, yet he overcame these doubts about his leadership in part because he succeeded in bending reality to his will. With the use of his Hot. podcast, which he had with FDR. Um. <laughs> I've all, there's a lot, of, a lot of talk of the strength of the will here. Mm. Almost as if the Second mm. World War was some kind of like contest of wills between um, nations and between uh, folks, if you like. Yes. Yeah, uh, how are you spelling folks? Oh, oh, with a with a V, but that's, that's like, like the car. Um, yeah, so okay, it's fine. good. Like the car, which was invented for people. Yeah, that's why it's exactly. called that. That's... Ordinary people. Yeah, mm -hmm. doing Just ordinary working people things. Ordinary regular people. Um, definitely. Yeah. So it's just, it's so hilarious. It is just absolutely fascinating to me how people will refuse any reality other than one which 
paints like mundane incompetence and an utter refusal to like countenance reality as some kind of like tub thumping um uber bench attempt to overhaul <laughs> well, look, the world Boris Johnson, it's just, Bo- just Oh, Boris God. Johnson gets knocked down, but then he gets up again. <laughs> you're never going to keep him down. Uh, Boris Johnson is so ripped that he is going to bend reality itself. <laughs> what with, is with considered his neck alone? Yeah. <laughs> um, Stripped to the waist. Yeah. Toby Young's oiling him up. <laughs> one iron girder. What is considered completely impossible one week becomes possible the next through Good, sheer so force that's of why personality. We should do revolution and. <laughs> Through sheer force of personality, Churchill was able to change the narrative and persuade people that military defeat wasn't inevitable. This is like Ursula Le Guin's quote about how living under capitalism seems inevitable, but so did living under the divine right of kings. But from the other side of, like, those fences they use in preschool to keep toddlers in the same place. (laughs) (laughs) It's a superpower possessed by those rare individuals that come along once in a generation. Like uh-huh. Steve Jobs combining bottomless self belief, both what, being Steve into Jobs Uber in mention well? and thinking that Steve Jobs was one. The guy who tried to beat cars. cancer with juice cleansers. Okay, no, but I'm sorry. Uh, Did it work? Steve Jobs no. wore turtlenecks, <laughs> and Boris Johnson's neck's too fucking thick. Too for fucking that. thick for a turtleneck. <laughs> um, it's, it's a superpower called a reality distortion field possessed by those rare individuals that come along once in a generation like this Steve is, Jobs. This is like the, when bottom- Scott Adams, the Dilbert guy, gets a little bit metaphysical and says that he's going to like <laughs> hypnotize you into having orgasms or whatever. That's <laughs> a deep bo- cut, but he did do that, and you can Google it. <laughs> combining, combining bottomless self-belief, exceptional cognitive ability, and spellbinding charisma, <sighs> Boris is one of those people. <sighs> From the moment I first saw him, I felt I was in the presence of someone special. You know, people do keep saying that about Hitler. Like, in the, the <laughs> primary sources, uh, there's, I, I forget the name, but there's this Belgian fascist party leader who met him and said that from the moment he saw him, he felt he was in the presence of history or something. Yeah. So it's very good and normal that we're bringing that back. He was not wrong. Yeah. No, he, he. I mean, good diplomacy is saying that about literally every leader you made. That's right? true. Someone yeah. capable of achieving great <laughs> things. I, I, I guess saying it feeling like you're in the presence of history is a really potentially open ended compliment. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I tweet that every single day. And I've never quite been able yeah, to it's, dispel it's, it's, the impression. It's like when my ex girlfriend is asked to describe me and she says that I have a lot of qualities. Um, <laughs> it, it is true, and it is kind of a compliment. <laughs> like, how would you describe our time together? Mm, significant, yeah. impactful, it, it, impactful. Um, yeah. very. Never so. a dull moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, I think that about does it for uh, the free episode of Trash Future Podcast for yeah, this if week. You want more of this shit? You have to pay us, you hogs. <laughs> yeah. The other. If you want the other Quillette article. Yeah, and we say slurs. Oh yeah, but which ones? You'll have to tune oh, in. We, to find we, out. we are woke, so we only say the slurs that apply to ourselves. Um, which is, so, so it's mostly me <laughs> or Alec. Um, so uh, as ever, you know, we've got that Patreon. We've talked about that before. But the other things to remember is that we are going to be at Birmingham Transformed on the eighth of August. So please do come to that. Uh, it's going to be not Milo, but Alice. Yes. Uh, Milo will be at the Edinburgh Absolutely. Fringe. Where we will be two days later. But where Alice will not be, paradoxically. <laughs> so if you yeah, want to come to Scotland to see me, get fucked, because, like... 
<laughs> we're, we're just um, trying to like structure this in the most irritating and counterintuitive <laughs> way possible. Yeah, this is like CrossFit. It's muscle confusion, but for where we are in the country. Um, and also, that's, so that's the 10th. The link's in the description. And also, don't forget, we are going to be at The World Transformed, uh, as, will, as will Eleanor, I believe. Oh, uh... No. Oh, what? No? No World Transformed? <laughs> no, no, no. I've, um, Just listening to this, you've opted out of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, um, once, once was enough. You have like a race science conference, which is happening at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> the world measured. Well, I think we, should, we are going to bring like a phrenology bust onto the stage with us and just have it sit there like Davis Arini's skulls. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I want Eleanor to plug what, what, what she's got coming up, but she's laughing too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I will be at the, um, at the sort of National World Transformed doing some stuff on conspiracy theories. And are, are, are some stuff on the far true? right. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Especially so, um, the ones about pyramids. I was going to say, can we get a, a statement that Pizzagate is real? Is Pizzagate real? Um, Pizzagate was the friends we made along the way. Exactly. <laughs> Look, Thank you. Also, <laughs> also, I'm taking my show If Then to the Edinburgh Fringe every day at 4.30pm at Monkey Barrel. Please come. Oh yeah, and um, is the Patreon at uh, 3k yet? Um, the Patreon is one away from 3k. Oh my god, okay, so at least one person listening to this. Um, subscribe to the Patreon so that we can uh, pay me instead of just having me be an intern for something that I can't put on my CV ever. <laughs> um, yes, so do all of that of those things. Uh, come see us wherever we are. Um, looking forward to seeing all of you in Birmingham, in Edinburgh, in Brighton. And what, uh, mail pictures of your feet to the studio. Whoever. No, whoever. Mail pictures of you. Just take a picture of your feet and mail them to a random address. <laughs> Like, stick them up around town like those stick turf them up stickers. Town, you know. No, this is this is our new thing. Lamppost. There's a website with a postcode generator. So just generate a postcode and send your feet pics there. It's the auto dialer from The Simpsons, but for sending feet pics. I'd like to be famous enough to be on Wikifeet, please. Thank you. <laughs> Yo, so this is. This I should is... say that that is probably illegal. Well, the, so the, the, don't. The, yeah, the if, most. If you post your feet to random people, please don't say it was the, our the idea. The most cursed Wikifeet thing, though, is to have a Wikifeet page that's like critical of your feet, like <laughs> Brie Larson's. Uh, I'm actually only verified on Wikifeet. <laughs> okay. That thing I said about posting your feet to random people, don't do that, apparently. The, the thing I read do about Brie Larson's wiki feet page was that somebody described her feet as looking like she had been barefoot kicking telephone poles. Wow. <laughs> okay, we have to... Look, we've started the episode on feet chat, we're ending the episode on feet chat. <laughs> Welcome to Trash Feature, the podcast about the future has nice feet. Anyways, <laughs> I'll talk to you later, everybody. Bye.